Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Hey, welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo. And, of course, I'm not going to do this thing solo. Um, I'm no Hans. So my sidekick is Mr. Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? Oh, man, it's been a long day today. I uh, just spent two and a half hours at the uh, local vet getting our cats checked out, their annual checkups. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, for those people listening, they probably can tell already, but I'm starting to lose my voice. So in case you hear dead air, it's probably me. So, shockingly, <coughs> I should find some wood to knock on. I, mine's been pretty good this year because usually it's around this time that this is when we start fighting it when you're doing the, the honey and the tea and slipping some bourbon in there and all that kind of good stuff. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, uh, my wife had something last week that was bothering her and uh, hers passed, but now it's kind of slid on to me. So, my turn to endeavor through the uh, discomfort. Uh, it hasn't been too bad, though. I mean, had a sore throat for a day and a half, and I've just been kind of congested since then, but nothing too serious. And yeah. obviously, uh, I, I can't speak for you guys, but both of us, we had COVID last spring, and that was not pleasant at all. I and mean, I was literally out of commission for nearly two weeks. So nothing quite that serious, just a head cold. Uh, but I'll certainly try to keep the germs on my side of the computer screen and not pass them over to you. That would be much appreciated. Um, <coughs> no, I, I did not realize that you guys both had COVID last spring. Um, my father just um, let me know a few days ago that he was actually diagnosed with it. Luckily, um, he has had both shots and his booster, um, and he's suffering very, very minor um, symptoms, luckily. So happy about that. Um, but in this house, I'll knock on wood again. We've been lucky to have avoided it and hope that everybody listening does so as well. Exactly. So the one thing I don't want anybody to avoid, though, and we're going to get right at it. And that's listening to Harley this week with the Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Washington defensive lineman Chase Young tore his ACL Sunday versus the Buccaneers. Now... I've heard that chasing goats could lead to injuries, but to tell you the truth, that's not the type of injury I envisioned in happening chasing a goat. <laughs> Despite only playing a few snaps, Cam Newton managed to run for and throw for a touchdown in Carolina's trouncing of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, before you get too excited for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, remember that last season, Cam threw for over 200 yards only four times, and he finished the year with only five passing touchdowns. So, meh, okay, I take that back. Maybe you should be excited for the for Cam and DJ and Robbie because those numbers aren't really that different than what they had with Sam Darnold. <laughs> ESPN's Adam Schefter reported today that Green Bay running back Aaron Jones suffered a mild MCL sprain and that he is expected to miss no more than one or two weeks. Well, considering how forthcoming the Packers medical team has been, we here at the BPN News Network can confidently predict that Jones's season is over. 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire is expected to return to the starting lineup for the Kansas State Chiefs this coming weekend versus Dallas. In related news, hashtag Bench Hilaire is already trending in Kansas City and all of its suburbs. <laughs> and finally, the same day that Odell Beckham Jr. signed his contract with the Los Angeles Rams, Robert Woods left practice with a torn ACL. We can neither confirm nor deny the rumors that Jeff Galuli was seen in the Rams parking lot following practice. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. And that is some weird karma type stuff going on there. I mean, I've seen the conspiracy theory tweets of people saying, I wonder if Woods did it before they actually signed him and they just didn't want to release it. You know what I mean? I really think that was the case. I really do. It's possible. Anything's possible. I mean, I don't know. Was practice open to the media or not? Was it closed? That would be a way to find out. But definitely just odd, to say the least. Um, and look, as Robert Woods, guy that's got Robert Woods on multiple teams of mine, you know, I'm sad to see him out. I'm, I'm, even if I didn't, I'd be sad to see somebody that tears their ACL and they're out for the season. Um, but for his owners, look, he was – we talked about this. I think that people were just – thinking he wasn't performing that well because Cup was performing that much better, right? You were still getting all yeah. those wide receiver one numbers from him. Um, but whatever you think you're going to get from OBJ that's going to replicate Robert Woods, that I think might be a pipe dream. Well, uh, we are watching the Monday night game here as we record this tonight. And the first pass of the game was a completion for a few yards to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, unfortunately, on that very same drive, uh, Mr. Matthew Stafford attempted a deep bomb pass to Mr. Beckham where Beckham ran the wrong route and the ball was intercepted on what looked like a pass directly to the safety. Yes, absolutely. Sure did. <coughs> um, so, okay, not going to sit here and we're not going to talk about how all in the Rams are and stuff like that. We're going to talk about the two segments we're going to do and we're going to speed through this show this week the way we've lost half the season already in a blink of an eye how's that it's it's past double digits we're in week 11 unbelievable so i think next next week next week is thanksgiving yes next week is thanksgiving which is crazy um and we'll have some double dfs because of that i believe correct well you know i like uh, double helpings for thanksgiving there you go so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to do our normal DFS segment, you know, pay up, stay away, and value plays for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And this is the time of year where many teams, many owners, many managers are looking forward to next year already. And what we're going to do is we're looking to basically draft the top two rounds as if we were drafting for next year based on what we know so far this year. Exactly. So I guess to, to kick this off, we'll go every other pick. I'll be a nice guy and give you the first overall pick. How's that? Woohoo! But before we get started, let's, let's set some ground rules. Um, starting requirements, not that we have to draft this, but just so that people understand what we're drafting with in mind. It's going to be a normal 12-team league, one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one flex, and full PPR scoring. Exactly. Now, obviously, we're not going to draft a full team for all 12 of those teams. But again, using those presumptions, again, this is a redraft format. So, again, you might see one of us take a guy like Patrick Mahomes 
early to mid second round. Now, in reality, it's a good likelihood that neither of us would actually take Patrick Mahomes in the first or second round. But that's probably where you're going to have to get him if you're in a 12-team league and you want to have Patrick Mahomes on your roster. Okay. So we're going to draft two. We'll go two full rounds, and I'm going to let you you start it <coughs> off. And we'll have like a five to ten second timer that's not really a timer. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Start us off. Who are you going with first? I am going to announce the new 101 of picks, and that is Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. So I was not expecting you to go Jonathan Taylor right there, quite honestly, because that's who I was looking to grab it too, believe it or not. Um, really hard to look away from Christian McCaffrey right here, honestly. Hard to look away from Derrick Henry right here, honestly. But as we know, running backs get old quickly. So yes. I'm going to go with a one-two of a guy who I think has shown that, yeah, he's somebody to look at and consider. Um, I've got two guys I'm considering. I'll go with this guy first, and I'll probably get the next guy at my at pick four anyway. Um, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift at number two. Now, I personally think that's way too early for Swift, but again, I'm thinking that based on the fact that I don't see Detroit being a competitive team next year either. So I don't see them being any worse. That's what I love about Swift. He's already running back five this year, and I don't think they get worse at quarterback. I definitely don't think they get worse at running back. I mean, I mean at wide receiver. So I can only see things improving for him. And if they do improve even slightly, he definitely has that top two upside. Well, so so far we've drafted Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Unplanned at that. <laughs> now, if, if you are in a league where you have the swing pick and by some weird happenstance they're both there, I highly recommend making that move, taking Taylor and Swift. So you can name your team Taylor Swift you or go. name your team Red or whatever you else want to call it. But... <laughs> uh, as the third owner in this draft, I am super excited to see that by some amazing twist of fate, Christian McCaffrey is still sitting there for me. And he proved last week, despite the injuries he sustained the last two years, he's still capable of going out on the first week back after an injury and having 150 yards total yards. So I'm going to take McCaffrey. I don't have a problem with that, honestly. Um, the next guy I'm going to go to is somebody that I think that's going to be more they'll feel safe with this and they'll like this but I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook at number four I absolutely agree unless he ends up in jail this offseason I don't see any reason to not take Cook fourth correct and then you'll know that and here's the thing like his quarterback like the offense like the wide receivers you know that nothing there's nothing that's really bad that's going to happen there mm -hmm. okay now uh this is going to be probably my first controversial pick <clears throat> I'm going to choose the guy who, as of right now, we don't know who his quarterback is going to be next year. That's Najee Harris. So, for what it's worth, Najee was the guy that I was debating with Swift <coughs> and then decided, you know what, I can't, I can't put him above Cook because of that reason. Um, but that's if we knew that he had a solid quarterback next year, I, I may have moved Najee all the way up to, to number two. Mm -hmm. All right, so we've got Najee at number five. Um, you know, 
at this point, look, it's PPR, and we know that pass catching means something. Unless you're Derrick Henry, right? Mm-hmm. And Derrick Henry slid this year, and he really got a lot of teams out to where they're probably dominating their league, but he's not doing anything for them right now. Yep. Um, and as much as I wouldn't mind pulling the trigger on him, I don't think I can. I want a back that's going to catch passes for me. And I even thought about going Derrick Henry light with Nick Chubb here. Again, I can't. He doesn't catch enough passes. You don't know what's up with, with Kareem Hunt still being there. So I'm actually going to go with a guy who can catch the ball a lot, and that's Austin Eckler. Interesting. See, I really thought with your uh, description there, you're going to choose Alvin Kamara. Uh, and again, we are talking PPR, so Kamara is definitely in conversation for a top five or six pick. But at this point here, we are on pick seven, so, and I cannot go any further, uh, let Derrick Henry slide any further. If I'm the seven owner, I'm definitely taking him. If I've got the eight or nine spot, I'm trying to trade up to that seven pick so I can take him. So I'm not opposed to Alvin Kamara. Why I like Eckler better, just to be honest, is Eckler is a fantasy guy. Eckler drafts himself. <laughs> Eckler understands what scoring means. You know what I mean? And unlike, unlike Maurice Jones-Drew, he's not going to kneel down at the two-yard line then, right? I would find that very hard to believe. Um, <laughs> okay, so now you're making it tough on me now. So now we've got Henry off the board, and, and I've got a couple of different options here. Kamara being one of them, he fell kind of late this year. Same reasons, right? For whatever reason. Um, quarterback question marks mainly. Yep. Quarterback question marks. I mean, the wide receiver position can't be any worse next year. He doesn't get heavy, heavy usage from a running, you know, running the ball between the tackle standpoint. I'm going to make AK my, my number eight pick. Yeah, I, I got no problem with that there. Again, if, in a non-PPR format, obviously – you might want to let Kamara slide a little bit further, but with the PPR as- aspect in play, uh, I think he should be gone before the double-digit pick, so eight is just about right. Uh, looking at number nine, this is the first point I'm thinking about taking someone that's not a running back, and I, I think that that's probably the- about the right point to start considering that. Now, the big question mark if I was to go with Devontae Adams is, well, who's going to be his quarterback next year? Yeah. Uh, Odds are it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. So I'm, I'm going to pass on Devontae here, and I'm going to take the one player who's head and shoulders above everyone else at his particular position as a pass catcher, and that's still Travis Kelsey. He's not that old yet. Nope, not opposed to that at all. I don't like to take tight ends early, but not opposed to getting Kelsey um, late in that first round. So for me, there was one more running back. One more running back that we know currently plays in the NFL. I'm not talking about rookies or expecting who's going to come out and blah, blah, blah. But I think that this guy, if you look at what he's been doing, their offense is only going to get better. Um, Joe Mixon, just, I know people don't like him and it's easy to hate him, but I mean, look at what he has done over the past month, basically. Um, He's got one bad game and that was 12 points. Otherwise he's 25 plus points in each of those other three games. Okay, now I'm scared to think about who you're going to take at the swing here. So I've got two possibilities here at pick 11. Uh, They're both running backs. Uh, I'm debating between Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. I personally think that Barkley is going to have a comeback year next season, so I'm going to take him over Chubb at 11. And uh, see, if if you take Chubb at 12 or 13, that's fine. If he comes back around to me, maybe I'll take Barkley and Chubb at that swing for me. So, um... 
Yeah, I'm glad you took Barkley because I got burnt with him this year. I thought this year would be the year that we really saw him come back, and it's not the case yet. Um, at 12-13, this is honestly probably where I'm looking to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, I do like Chubb. I just think that, again, that shared backfield, and there's nothing wrong with what he puts up. But I'm going to go and say, you know what? I still believe in the Kansas City offense. And I'm going to make Tyreek Hill the first wide receiver off the board. Mm -hmm. And at wide receiver number two, this is where it gets tough. It's like you can make an argument for like four or five different guys Mm -hmm. here, I think, that you could have as your wide receiver number two. Um, You can go with old you know, stalwarts like Stefan Diggs, who's underperforming this year, I think does bounce back. Um, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking him as a top five wide receiver. Um, DK Metcalf, you would have to hope that he's going to have a better year and Russ is going to have a better year. Um, Terry McLaurin, somebody I think that with better quarterback situation winds up being somebody that could put up top five type numbers. Uh, <coughs> Corderell Patterson. Yeah, I'm kidding there. Um, <laughs> You know, C.D. Lamb's currently wide receiver nine. Could he be a guy that takes a step up to that that range? But instead, I'm going to go with a guy that there was concerns on if he could catch the ball or not, and he seems to have a nose for the end zone. And again, I think this offense is just going to get better and better. So give me Jamar Chase as wide receiver number two for next year. I totally love that pick. I absolutely do. Hill and Chase is a great way to start. You've, you've got guys, both of whom, have the potential to score three touchdowns any given week. Yep. Well, Barkley's owner is super happy to know that he's going to be able to handcuff Barkley to another injury-prone running back in Nick Chubb and have uh, two solid backfields locked up there. Obviously, he's going to have to waste an early pick on Kareem Hunt at some point as well, but having Barkley and Chubb makes him feel pretty good. Yeah, um, I understand that. I was kind of hoping that Chubb might still slide a little bit for me, uh, but that's not the case. And and you know what? It is what it is, and we'll deal with it. Um, So that means I'm looking at, am I going to go wide receiver again? Am I going to go and dip into the running back pool again? Or am I going to actually hit that tight end spot up? Um, (sighs) Running back just gets super thin, super quick, right? Yep, well, we're already down six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11 running backs to the first 14 picks. I'm swinging for the fence here. This guy probably could make it to the end of round two. And I probably shouldn't make this pick. But I'm going to do it. Cam Akers. Interesting. We're seeing, like, look, I know that injury, it's like, Nobody's come back from it really, right, and shown that they could be explosive in this, that, and the other. Everybody that's watched Marlon Mack this year, granted he hasn't touched the ball much, has seen now that, you know what, you can't just write a guy off as dead when they have that injury now. So if Cam Akers was playing this year, we already see what Daryl Williams, I'm sorry, Daryl Henderson is doing in that Rams offense, and I would expect more from Cam. So, yeah, I like the upside at this point. Well, where we're seeing right now, I've got Travis Kelsey on my team. And, I mean, I, I could go Devonte here. I could go uh, one of the few remaining running backs. But if I'm making the move to take Kelsey in the first round at pick nine, then I feel like given the opportunity uh, for me to take Patrick in the second round at pick four, I've got to do it. So 
I'm hooking up the matchup there with Kelsey and Mahomes uh, to start out team number nine. Okay, so we have all of two wide receivers off the board so far, correct? Yes, Hill and Chase. So that means if I want to go wide receiver again, this is going to be the third wide receiver off the board. To pair with Alvin Kamara. To pair with Alvin Kamara. Man, you know, with the season Cooper Cup's having, how do you look past him? You don't, <laughs> unless you think that there's going to be a drop-off in year two. Well, I think there has to be a drop-off. I mean, he's having a historic season. Historic. So you want to look to somebody who has some upside, in my mind. Um, and I'm sorry, but guess what? It's Cooper Cup, because I think Matthew Stafford has another year there, and I think he's safe in that offense. You can tell he's the alpha. Um, it doesn't matter. They won't. You know, there's not like they're going to have a Travis Kelsey to eat into his production. Higby's a nice tight end. I don't see that they'd upgrade it that much. Um, OBJ, who knows if he'll be back next year. Um, Robert Woods, if he is back next year, maybe a little bit slow to start the season. I think everything lines up great for Cup to get out of the gate fast again next year. Okay, well, we've taken 12 running backs off the board so far. Uh, number 13 is going to go to the guy who got Derrick Henry's slide to him at, at pick number seven. He's going to pair Derrick Henry with another bruising running back who's getting a little bit older in Ezekiel Elliott. Man, I'll tell you, I, I don't dislike the pick, but my, how the mighty have fallen so quickly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, he is what he is, and you still have to worry about you know him seeding touches and stuff like that, and as far as how that offense is going to progress, et cetera. Um, at this point, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to hit the running back spot again. And I'm going to go with a guy that I believe has all upside and we see take over the Lions' share, or I should say the Broncos' share of carries <laughs> in that backfield. And I'm going with Mr. Javante Williams. Well, all of my Chiefs fans who are listening will be upset with that team having to deal with the fact that they have to go against Javante Williams and Austin Eckler. There you go. Uh, so uh, Najee Harris's team is on the clock right now. He's got pick number... Uh, eight in round two. He's picked five in the first round. And he's got Najee. And it, it's hard to imagine Devontae Adams falling any further, but he's going to because I'm going to take a younger, more exciting wide receiver. Uh, we've already talked about a couple of his teammates. Uh, Justin Jefferson is going to pair with uh, Mr. Harris. You just sniped me. You just sniped me. Were you, you going to hook up Cook with Jefferson? Yes, I was. That's exactly what I was going to do. Um, man, I am. I'm worried that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there and what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I am. I'm worried about that. So, goodness. You know what? Devontae can fall. Stefan Diggs cannot, because I think that we're seeing Diggs at his floor this year. I think we see Diggs bounce back and would not be shocked to see him as a top five wide receiver next year. So you kind of got to hook up there. You've got Viking and former Viking. There you go. <clears throat> Unless, like I said, one of them ends up in jail. Correct. Okay, so pick three in the first round was the surprising slide of Christian McCaffrey to me. So I've already got my wide receiver one and my running back one there. True. Uh, so uh, I can either take my wide receiver two or I can take another running back. And, well, we've seen that Mr. Rogers might not be in Green Bay next year. We do know 
that his running back, Aaron Jones, will be because that contract has got poison pill that doesn't kick in until 2023. So Aaron Jones will team up with McCaffrey on that team. Yeah, you might as well put some guys that like to get banged up together. So at this that point, team will be wasting early round picks on AJ Dillon and Chuba Hub- Hubbard. Right, <laughs> and at this point, you can say, "Oh, he's got to take Devonte Adams here." I'm sorry, too many question marks. Still, too many question marks. Um, guys that you can consider, you know, CD Lamb. Um, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. We talked about Terry McLaurin a little earlier. Jalen Waddle. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who's quietly put up top 10 wide receiver numbers. Don't think he's going to see any change in the quarterback spot. Another year should mean a a slight increase, hopefully. Um, It's not Debo Samuel because we could see a, a, a slide back there if they go to Trey Lance, right? Yes. Um, it's not DK Metcalf, even though it easily could be. Um, I'm going to go with, it's not CeeDee Lamb, believe it or not. You're taking A.J. Brown, right? Not taking A.J. Brown. Oh. I'm taking Michael Pittman. I love Michael Pittman, but you should have looked at my team at pick one. I've got Jonathan Taylor. There's no chance I'm taking both Taylor and Pittman on my same roster. So you could actually wait till the swing of round three and still get Pittman. Except, except we're not doing that pick. So I wanted to get Pittman. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying that's something to think about your drafts. Know the teams that are drafting around you yep. and who they have. Keep track of that because you can sometimes get a player like Pittman to slide an extra couple picks to you. If you know that the team that is drafting in between you isn't going to take him. Yep. No, very, very good that diatribe aside We've reached pick 24 in this draft, and there's no way that I can let Devontae Adams fall any further. I don't care. Uh, they'll have someone throwing him the ball next year. If he doesn't convince his way out of there himself, I'm taking Devontae Adams to put with uh, Jonathan Taylor at 24. All right. I'll tell you what. I know we said we were going to do two rounds. Uh, we'll do two rounds in one pick so you can have a swing pick. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got a running back. I've got Devontae Adams. Uh, another running back that I actually really, really like, uh, he's probably going to be – a little off the radar of some teams because there was a rookie drafted this year who played well while he was out injured. But in his first game back from injury, he completely reestablished himself as the alpha. That's David Montgomery. And there's no chance that David Montgomery would get back around until pick 48. So I will take Montgomery to pair with Taylor and Adams. And I think it's quite safe to say that offense has to improve, right? Oh, definitely. definitely. Passing There's game no has to improve. Be. That's going to help Monty. He can catch some passes. I don't dislike that pick at all, quite honestly. Yeah. All right, so I'll run down the picks for us. How's that? Um, Sounds good. And you can say, oh, hold on. I want to give some commentary if you want to stop me anywhere along the okay. way. Number one, we are starting off, and this would have been consensus. Consensus number one. If I was going first, I'd have done the same thing. Jonathan Taylor. Then we have DeAndre Swift. CMC. Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara for an eight-running-back run to start the draft. Then we go and mix it up and introduce Travis Kelsey at nine. Back on the running-back train to Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, and then we take the first two wide receivers off the board in Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. 
Running back to the running back spot at 14, we have Nick Chubb, followed by an overdrafted probably because you can get him later, Cam Akers. Patrick Mahomes is the only and first quarterback to come off in the first two rounds at pick 16. Cooper Cup as wide receiver three. Zeke Elliott falls all the way down to number 18 overall. We've got a rookie, which will be a second-year player, in Javante <coughs> Williams at 19. We have a little small wide receiver run here in three of the next four picks. We go Justin Jefferson. We have Diggs, and then we slide in Aaron Jones and then go back to the wide receiver spot for Michael Pittman at 23, Devontae Adams at 24, and as a bonus pick for the, for the, um, for the turn, we've got um, David Montgomery going at 25. So it's amazing. I mean, again, one year's difference here, what we're going to see. I mean, who would have ever thought that we'd see Ezekiel Elliott going in the bottom half of the second round? We'd see Devontae Adams going at the end of the second round. Yes, agreed. Um, and there are some picks there that you may not agree with, but it just shows how things change and understand this was a redraft perspective. No keepers, no dynasty, no nothing like that. Fun little exercise for us to pull off. And now we're going to do another fun little exercise. We're going to talk some DFS stuff. Money, money, money. There you go. All right. For those that are new, um, Harley's going to set an over under <coughs> on how many picks we will agree on. We do not discuss these in advance whatsoever. Um, and those of you that tune in on a weekly basis, you know that. So um, last week we smashed an over, I believe. Yes. This week, not so much. I'm setting the line at five. And I don't know if we'll get there. We're going to push. I, I think that's possible. I'm going to take the, I, I should take the under, but I'm going to take the over again. Yes. Let's go ahead and start us off at quarterback. Okay. Uh, this is probably one of the first ones we have a chance to match at. <clears throat> I'm going to take the guy that I hooked up with my tight end at number nine, Travis Kelsey. I took his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, in the second round. I'm going to take him as my pay-to-play in our DFS exercises for today. His price is 7600 on DraftKings, 8300 on FanDuel. Uh, he got his moxie back on the road in Vegas. Now he gets to return home to face a really poor Dallas secondary. Oh, plus, this week, uh, KC just opened their first Whataburger in the lovely suburb of Overland Park. Uh, you know that Patrick is going to be first in line there to get himself some burgers, probably covered in a lot of ketchup. He's going to be happy and well-fed, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to dissect Dallas. So I wrote down three names. I wrote down... Mahomes is my first one, and that is who I went back to, right? I couldn't, like, my eye just kept wanting, kept twitching as I look away from Josh Allen, right? Yep. At home, I mean, he had a huge week. You know he can always add one or two on the ground. I wouldn't fault somebody for it, but if you can save 500 bucks, save them, right? So then yeah, and I, Indy's defense has actually been playing better of late. They have, but it is in Buffalo. The weather looks like it's going to be decent. I think you're seeing Stefan Diggs step it back up. But, again... I landed back to Patrick Mahomes, but when I did that, I'm looking at Mahomes and I see Dak Prescott, four hundred dollars mm-hmm. cheaper on DraftKings, but a hundred dollars more money on FanDuel, and I said, "Wow, if I'm really having a hard time making this decision, I'm just going to throw this out there." Patty is my choice for our for our exercise, but play Pat on DraftKings. I'm sorry on 
FanDuel, where he's cheaper by 100 bucks than Dak, and play Dak on DraftKings, where he's $400 cheaper if you want exposure to the game. Well, and on FanBall, where you have a super flex option, play Fan both ball. of them. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> so, so many of these guys had great matchups. I wonder if you had as hard a time finding a stay away as I did. I did, actually. Stay away was tough this week. So I kind of punted on it a little bit. And I'm staying away from the same guy that I've stayed away from the last two weeks. That's Jalen Hurts. Uh, Philadelphia versus New Orleans. Uh, Dallas Goddard potentially facing an extended absence with a really serious-looking concussion. Jalen has one receiver left to throw to. A very good receiver in Devonta Smith. But you know what? He's going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. That means that without Goddard and without Smith to throw to, Jalen Hurts is going to have to win the game with his legs and with Jalen Rieger. And that's not a recipe for success. Man, you're discounting Quez Watkins. Yeah, exactly. But we don't have a match. Um, I did look at Hurts, but his legs and the fact that it's at home in Philly and he gets garbage time, even if he has garbage receivers, <laughs> um, just... I don't know why, and, and I probably shouldn't have gone to this guy because usually you, you don't expect two weeks in a row to be bad and looking for a bounce back, and it's in Seattle, and I'm actually talking myself out of it now, but I wrote it down. I'm going to make the pick so that we don't agree and t- then say, you know what, I agree with you anyway, Harley. I'd avoid <laughs> Jalen Hurts. I wrote down Russ a- as my stay away, um, and the more I think about it, if there is a guy in that top ten that it's it's better to stay away from, it is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but I think you're right. I, and and watching the footage from yesterday's game, uh, that should have been a high-scoring game between Green Bay and Seattle. Yep. 100% Russell Wilson is not 100%. Exactly. His, his throws were not looking crisp and, and clean at all. Uh, yeah, I know there are some weather concerns there, but it wasn't like it was downwards falling snow. I mean, it was actually windy, a little blustery, but there wasn't snow coming down during the game. Russell Wilson's passes did not look crisp at all. I agree 100% with fading him this week. Okay. Who's your value play? I think we could match here. Uh, also had a hard time here. Yes, I agree. I went way down the board. As did I. I, I went with uh, a team. Uh, I'm, I'm more so going against the other team, more so than picking this guy because I think he's in a, a position to succeed. Only one team has allowed more total passing yards this season, and only four teams have allowed more passing touchdowns than the team that this guy is facing. I'm going with a guy who was really rusty in his first start back from an injury, and that should keep his ownership numbers down. And I'm not talking about Russell Wilson. I'm talking about Tyrod Taylor. You know, I looked at Tyrod. Um, I'm at the same price mark as you are, though. I just, I guess I should have checked one thing because um, I didn't have the game, but I did see that he threw four interceptions. Mike White is still going to be playing this week, right? Uh, it, it's up in the air right now. Um, I, I think that if Mr. Um, Zach Wilson is not ready to start, it will probably be Mike White. But obviously, a couple weeks ago, we saw Josh Johnson performing well in that spot, so... We could see him get another start. Yeah, White, uh, kind of like Gardner Minshew falling off the face of uh, fantasy relevance very, very quickly last year. 
White kind of did the same, I think, this past week. <laughs> he had an awful game, um, which is why I think his ownership percentage— It was a tough It was a tough matchup, though, too. Buffalo is very good. Absolutely. But I think that if he is playing this week, like I think he will, actually, um, at $5,000, you could do worse. And like we said, there is no real solid value plays at quarterback this week. Um, I like the matchup. I like that he's at home. I like that he'll likely be a very low-owned guy. Um, and he'll give you the ability to get some other wide receivers and running backs in your lineup. So um, more than likely, though, I'm not going to go with either of those guys this week, and I'm probably going to go a little higher in price. Yeah, the only other guy I kind of considered was Cam Newton uh, going against Ron Rivera in Washington. Uh, yeah. uh, 5100 on DraftKings is a value price. However, he does not get a value price on FanDuel. He's at 7500 on FanDuel. That's just wrong. Yeah, that is high. That is very high. That is way too high, even by FanDuel's uh, added pricing structure. I mean, come on. That's higher than Kirk Cousins. That's higher than Russell Wilson. Higher than Joe Burrow. Yeah. Or you could just say there's only six guys, I think, seven guys that are higher than him. Yep. All of whom I'd rather play. Yep, exactly. (laughs) All right, so we got one out of three there, um, but I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Who are you going to pay up for at the running back spot? At running back, I'm going to pay up for someone that should return from a illness this past weekend, and that's Nick Chubb. Now, all of last week, there was talk that Chubb may actually have been activated for the game on Sunday. Come Saturday, they decided to let him hold out a couple more days. So it wasn't like he's in danger of missing next week's game. He's going to play next week, and he's going to play against Detroit. Over their last four games, Detroit has allowed six total running back scores, and going into last week, they had allowed two touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. So uh, it's a prime spot for Chubb to score at least once next week. So we have a match. Chubb was easily the first person I wrote down. But because I just was like, yeah, but we really don't know, I started to look, right? So I wrote another name down. It's not who I'm going with. I'm going with Chubb. But I want to throw it out there as an option for somebody if they're just like, they don't feel comfortable with it. And that person is a guy that I said I thought was still kind of like easy to hate but shouldn't be. And he's playing well. He's got a great matchup, I think. And that's Joe Mixon. It is a good matchup. Las Vegas is kind of lost right now as far as what they're doing on defense and offense. And a lot of that is because they have a special teams coach that was thrown into the opportunity to be a starting head coach in the NFL. Uh, There's three games of footage now on this team. People are starting to get some tendencies for what he likes to do. Uh, They're clearly overmatched on both sides of the ball right now. And again, that's not all his fault. But unfortunately, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the whipping boy for at least until the end of the season when they decide what they're going to do for their next coaching position. Yeah, and I expected them to fall right off the cliff immediately. It took a little longer than that. Um, But I think that, look, they're definitely not a playoff caliber team, and they're a team that's going to just – it's going to be a tough rest of the season for their fans. Um, Who are you staying away from? I think this was pretty easy. Uh, You know what? I could have been easy, but I wasn't. Uh, I looked at the price tag for Christian McCaffrey and thought it was a little high against Washington. I looked at Jonathan Taylor facing Buffalo, and I said to myself, no, I just made Jonathan Taylor the 101 pick in the free agent draft. I'm not going to pass on him here, even against Buffalo, because 
the guy can catch the ball in the backfield. He can run the ball. And anytime he touches the ball, he can take it 80 yards for a touchdown. The guy I'm staying away from is Ezekiel Elliott, whose price tag is actually just a couple hundred dollars less than Taylor on FanDuel this week. And uh, so I was looking at things there. Uh, Casey, they've allowed a fair amount of yards to running backs uh, so far this season. A lot of yardage to that position. But they haven't allowed a running back to score since week four. And they've allowed only three running back scores complete total since the first game of the season when they gave up three to one team. This game is going to be a pass-heavy script. We're going to see a lot of Dak Prescott thrown to Dallas's receivers and maybe a couple dump-offs to Zeke. We're going to see a lot of Patrick Mahomes throwing to his wide receivers and maybe a few to Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams. But ultimately, it's going to be one through the air and not on the ground, and that's why I don't like Zeke this week. Don't disagree with that, but I want to make sure we make sure you understand something here, Harley. Just because Jonathan Taylor's your 1-1 in redraft or even in dynasty or even in a keeper in DFS, none of that matters. That's the fun of DFS. So guess what? I'm staying away from Jonathan Taylor this week. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor made me some money this week. I don't know if I can purposely – Fade him. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I don't like that matchup at all. I like some it's of the not other matchup. I agree. I like some of the other mid-priced matchups better to get more of those guys into my lineup. Well, perhaps we'll have a match then at our value play because I chose a mid-priced option. Nope, we're not going to have one. Okay, uh, my mid-priced option value play this week is Miles Gaskin, facing the New York Jets. Over the last four weeks, the Jets have allowed ten total running back scores in four weeks. And, you know, as badly as Gaskin has been all season, I, I think he's going to score here. This, he's kind of been on again, off again week-wise. Well, this would be his on again week if you follow that trend. Yeah, I can see that. I find it hard trusting a guy like that, but I get it. Um, I was if, really he's, sh- if, you, if you're going to play Miles Gaston, this is the week to do it. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, so... I am kind of shocked that you didn't go this route because I thought you would have. This just seemed like a play for you. Um, didn't make this statement because of it's a play for you, but am I missing something on Eno Benjamin? I no. Uh, he's still just a part-time player, though. He, he's yeah, he's running back too, right? Yeah. Well, we already know that they share the ball there. It's yep. in Seattle. We know that Seattle's offense has given up like 7,653 yards a game, except for last week. Um, I think that there's a chance for some good garbage time for Eno, and he's 4,200 bucks. Yeah. The only problem is he's not going to get a touchdown. They won't give him a chance to get a touchdown. He, has, he can break one. He's done it. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Again, I don't like the lower prices here. I like the, I like the more moderate price guys, honestly. Um, Ty Johnson's an option too, with all his pass catching. Looked at him. Yes, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, you've got your um, well, Deonta Foreman going against Houston at home in Tennessee. Yeah, you've got Mark Ingram. I don't think that's a horrible matchup. David Montgomery, just Elijah Mitchell. I think that's a good matchup. Antonio Gibson, I want no part of, even though I think people are going to overplay him based on the touchdowns this past weekend. Um, James Conner's got a solid matchup, I think. 
So yeah, look, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to get tricked and recommend any Buffalo Bills running backs again, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. We both. Matt Breda, you gotta be kidding me. Hey, but wait a minute. Who did I have last week as my value play? AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon came through. Uh, it, it, it took an injury, but yes, he came through. That is true. <laughs> it did take an injury. All right, let's head on over to wide receiver. Who are you going to pay up for at wide receiver? Do I have to? Yeah, <laughs> don't have to. That's the that's the. That's even the even though I don't, I don't like ever paying up at wide receiver. But this week, I'm I'm going to pay up for Devonte Adams. I know he slid to pick. 212 in our in our mock draft for next year here. But in two games versus Minnesota last season, Devontae Adams caught 21 of 28 targets for 209 receiving yards and five. He had five touchdowns in two games against Minnesota. With all the injuries Minnesota currently has in their defensive backfield, their secondary is actually worse than they were last year when they had like a completely rebooted team. So not looking good for them. Even if Patrick Peterson comes back for this game, which I don't think is going to happen, that, that's just it's going to be a mess. So, no, we don't have a match there. I, I don't disagree with it. It's not a bad play. But I'm going with a guy who I said I think is going to bounce back next year even more so. But he, maybe that bounce back started last week. He's facing a team that's given up the fifth most points to the wide receiver position this year. I'm going with Stefan Diggs. Didn't go with Josh Allen as my pay-up quarterback, so I'm going to get a little piece of that pie by paying up for digs in my wide receiver spot. Okay. <clears throat> Who are you staying away from? So, unlike you, okay, I can draft a guy high and redraft and stay away from him in DFS. <laughs> and you saw that I made Jamar Chase my wide receiver too. It was a yes. swing pick. So I really could have made him wide receiver one, right? And wound up with the same two players. Yep. But Jamar Chase this week is the player I'm staying away from. I wrote down Justin Jefferson at first. I just I feel that he's got a little safer game than what JJ, I'm JJ, Jamar Chase has this week. I don't know why. I just don't love the matchup. There are a lot of the other guys above him that I, I wouldn't be have a problem playing, but I'm gonna stay away from Jamar Chase this week. Well, I, I don't know for certain. I haven't heard anything official yet out of Green Bay, but I did read some rumblings that Jair Alexander may return for this game. So there certainly is a reason to possibly stay away from Justin Jefferson if Alexander's back out there. We don't know for certain, though, at this point. Right. <clears throat> um, the guy I'm staying away from was about the same price point as Chase. I'm going to stay away from Terry McLaurin uh, in Carolina. No problem with uh, that at all. Over their last four games against relatively questionable quarterbacks, kind of like Taylor Heineke, and equally questionable receiving cores like the Washington football team receiving core, Carolina has allowed a total of 13 catches, 129 yards, and zero touchdowns to opposing wide receiver ones. Uh, McLaurin, for his part, has done most of his damage against mediocre and or bad defenses. Carolina is not a mediocre defense, and they sure as hell are not a bad defense. I think he's going to struggle this week, as the entire Washington football team offense will. Okay. Who are you going to pay up for as your value play? Uh, once again, I'm going to go down to the bottom of the barrel here. I took Tyrod Taylor as my value play quarterback, so I'm going to call the hookup here and go with Danny Amendola at 3,100 on DraftKings, 5,100 on FanDuel. 
In the three games that Tyrod Taylor has started, Danny Amendola is second in targets, second in receptions, and second in receiving yards among Houston offensive players behind Brandon Cooks, who is nearly double his price tag on DraftKings. Meanwhile, Tennessee has allowed a league-high 79 receptions and 840 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers over their last four games. That's nearly 20 receptions and 210 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. On the season, they've allowed multiple double-digit PPR wide, wide receiver performances in more than half of their games. So even if Cooks reaches double digits, Amendola will as well. Okay. Um, what year is it? 2015. Joe Flacco and Cam Newton both scored touchdowns this week. And you know what? Goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> so I went really low, too. Um, I went to a guy that barely cracks 4000 bucks. Um, he's $4,100. That doesn't give him away because there's like three people listed at that. Um, but Brian Edwards, somebody's got to catch the ball, right? And yes. It's at home. <laughs> Cincinnati is coming to town, all that kind of stuff. I just, it's not that I love and think it's a, a fantastic matchup, but somebody's got to be able to catch the ball. And you've got Hunter Renfro and you've got Darren Waller. So there's definitely room for Brian Edwards not to be priced at $4,100. In my mind, he should probably be closer to that fifty-two dollars to $5,500 range. So I see Yeah, and realistically, Cincinnati is much like Tennessee in that they have also given up a lot of multiple double-digit PPR performances this year, too. Right. Again, I'm not talking a wide receiver and a tight end. I'm talking multiple wide receivers hitting double digits against them as well. So there's definitely some element to playing Brian Edwards there. And, and truth be told, you have to question whether or not Derek Carr will ever throw the ball to Deshaun Jackson again. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, what was that? I almost made Deshaun my stay away, quite honestly. I'll tell, you what it, I'll tell you what it was. If you re-watch it and stay trained on the player that comes in from the right, it looks yeah. like... Jackson saw him out of the corner of his eye and may have thought he had the angle on him. That's the best I can say. Because you, you see it. It's almost like he just starts to turn that way, and that player's right there in the peripheral spot. I think he thought he had the angle on him. Yeah, and I think they were saying on TV that someone may have punched the ball out there. But yeah, in, in real time on the screen, oh yeah, it, it seriously, it, it looked like he looked inside the two guys in front of him, and it's like, uh-uh, I don't want any part of this. It's like, here, you take it and threw it backwards. It just happened to be three guys on the, on the so, team on the other side, too. At first blush, which is worse? Does Sean Jackson look like he's saying, here, take the hot potato or Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, God. They were both pretty bad. Although, this isn't the first time for Deshaun Jackson making just ridiculous drop-the-ball plays. So Yeah, that's true. As, as a Philadelphia fan, you know all about that. And, and with Teddy, I think you do the same thing. If you really look at it, you can see that Teddy sees – an onslaught of players coming at him. He's about to get swallowed up if he gets into that play. And yes. I think that's what made him go do the little Ole step back. <laughs> well, and again, I mean, Teddy, obviously, uh, he, he didn't have his one TD this week. But I might have to call him Teddy zero TDs after that. There you go. All right, we need to run tight end to push. And I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I doubt it too. Who are you? I told you this is gonna be a tough week. Yeah, I should have took the under. Oh well. 
Who are you paying up for at the tight end spot? Uh, I'm going to pay up for Travis Kelsey. Uh, Casey's offense appeared to get back on track this past Sunday. Uh, a lot of that was because they put together a frequent helping of feeding Travis Kelsey on the short stuff underneath and crossing patterns. The Chiefs will be very wise to continue to ride that strategy. And, and this is going to be a shootout, so it's going to be a lot of passing both sides. Dallas, well, they're not horrible against tight ends, but Kyle Pitts, he was the only part of Atlanta's offense that did anything last week. So we know that they can be slightly susceptible to the position. Yep. So we have a match. I wrote down Kelsey first, which you know is hard for me because he's so much higher priced than everybody else, right? Yes. That he's always going to the top price guy is always going to be a consideration for me as my stay away. So I wrote him down and I said, let me just take a look. And I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> the next guy I was going to consider led his team in targets this past week, um, but netted zero catches. <laughs> um, and that's Mike Gusecki. So he's who I was going to consider. So if I got to go Gusecki, Travis, Gusecki, and I'm, you know what? I know it's almost two grand more, but I'm playing Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad you didn't choose Gusecki because he's actually my stay away. Uh, and it's less about his 5,200s on DraftKings, but more about his 6,300 on FanDuel, yeah. which is $400 less than Darren Waller and $500 less than George Kittle. I mean, come on, man. The, the Jets actually, they're a run-funnel team. It's hard to pass the ball against them because you don't have to pass the ball against them. I think that Kasicki will probably get maybe four or five catches, probably 40 to 50 yards, which is good. But... At 5200 and 6300 there's guys above him for like three, $400 more that are going to produce a heck of a lot more than that. So you want to know why he wasn't – I thought about him as a payup and not a stay away? Um, the seven targets, I, I expect him to bounce back, quite honestly. It, it may yeah. not be you know seven, eight catches, but you know, three, four catches, 50, 60 yards, and there's a chance for a touchdown. How many of those targets were from Brissett and how many were from Tua? That I don't have the breakdown, unfortunately. Um, I, d I don't either, unfortunately. I wish I did. That would be a good argument one way or the other. But I have a better guy that I think you have to stay away from. And he's high-priced enough on both sites to warrant it. And that's Mark Andrews. On the yes. road in Chicago, there's only three, <clears throat> I think it's three teams that are giving up fewer points to the tight end position than the Bears. That's the yep. Cardinals, Broncos, and Patriots. And what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is that targets in Baltimore – are starting to go to Rashad Bateman. Yes, they are. I almost made Bateman my value play because his price is still too compressed. Exactly. But here's the thing. Bateman is going to be taking passing opportunities away from Mark Andrews. He's not going to be taking things away from Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown will take things away from himself with all of his drops. True. That's another story altogether. Uh, he's not going to be taking passes away from Devin DuVernay, who is basically the Sean Jackson of Baltimore. He just runs a straight line, and they throw deep passes to him. The, the crossing pattern stuff, the underneath stuff, the, first, the third down catches, the Hunter Renfro catches, those are all going to Rashad Bateman now instead of Mark Andrews. Yep. Okay, so I think we're going to match on our value play. I, I don't know about that. I do. I think we're going to match on it. I think he's got a good matchup, and we've talked about him before. Not this week. <coughs> Go ahead. Give me, your, give me yours first. Well... There's been a lot of talk online the last couple of weeks about uh, uh, going uh, as far as figuring out tight end performances based on tight end performance against as a category. 
well, I have no problem picking on tight end performance against when you've got a team that has allowed the most receptions to the tight end position, the most yardage to the tight end position, and the most total touchdowns to the tight end position. That team is Philadelphia. They've allowed 75 tight end receptions this year. That's 25% more than the next worst team. Both Indy and Vegas have given up 60 receptions. Uh, But the team that's facing Philadelphia this week is New Orleans. At the bottom of the pricing structure, we've got Adam Troutman, 3,300 on DraftKings, 4,800 on FanDuel. You get that sub-5,000 on FanDuel at tight end. Nice, nice position to play. Uh, Over the last three weeks, since Trevor Simeon has taken over, Troutman is tied for the Saints' team lead in targets, and he's only one reception behind Deontay Harris for the team lead. So I love Troutman this week at great cheap prices. I don't disagree with anything you said there, but he is <coughs> who I'm, I'm using as my value play. Simply because I just don't know that I can trust three weeks' worth of data with what the Saints have at tight end. I just I love the matchup. I feel it's a wasted matchup to feel comfortable about. Luckily, the price is cheap enough that it's worth the gamble, though, right? Yes. Um, I really thought that you may have gone this route because this guy's facing a team that has given up a lot of fantasy points, not Philadelphia Eagle-type a lot of fantasy points, but the Houston Texans have given up the fourth most um, points to fantasy tight ends. So I'm going with household name Jeff Swaim. Yeah, you know, I thought about that. It's just so tough with that team, though, I mean, Going into the season, everyone thought Anthony Ferkser was going to be the flavor of the week, and then Jeff Swaim has done some stuff, and Mike Cole Pruitt has done some stuff. It's it's just kind of hit and run there. Obviously, the injuries to uh, Julio Jones and, yeah. and A.J. Brown missing a, a couple games earlier this year. Uh, Swaim has gotten his share of red zone looks. He's usually good for three catches, 30 yards, maybe a touchdown, so I don't mind it at that price. But I just don't know if I trust him enough, even against Houston. I understand that, but he's he's sub three thousand dollars too. Gotta love that. So, um, of course, I can't get his stat line to pull up because NFL.com is being finicky. It's giving me the Saints numbers, but not. Oh, there we go. He had five targets and went four for twenty-six. So the five targets makes me feel good. Exactly. Which was second most on the team, honestly. So there we have it. The under hit. Missed it by a long shot, um, but it is what it is. Harley, any parting thoughts? No, stay healthy, everyone. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, wear your masks, get your shots, stay away from people, social distance, all that good stuff. Stay healthy. Take care of your throat if you're somebody that talks on the radio or podcasts and stuff like that, right? Take care of your family. you got holidays coming up, all that good stuff. Take care of your fantasy self. Listen, what I mean by that is, Follow Harley at Nuclear Harley. Follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. Sign up at thehuddle.com for our content there. And then reap the benefits, reap the rewards. And then at the end of the day, the end of the week, whatever, at the end of the season, you raise your glass and you get blitz responsible. Cheers. <laughs>